From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Chapter 22 You want to let me in on it? Kit said, sitting at the work table, swinging her feet. The crime lab was not the most diverting place in the world when one was sitting quietly, which she never really enjoyed at the best of times. Hmm, he said, peering through the microscope. You never teach me the science stuff, she said under her breath. What? he said, surprised. Well, she felt childish for having brought it up, you, you taught me half a dozen martial arts, you gave me static shoes and gliding membranes. Because I thought you liked flying and hitting things, he said. What's that supposed to mean, she howled in protest. Are you telling me you don't like? Of course I like flying and hitting things. She was genuinely cross now. Who wouldn't? But his brow was furrowed in confusion. She sighed. You don't think I can do it, she said, as though admitting something she was ashamed of. She looked at her shoes, as if she hadn't actually said anything revealing, but had noticed something very interesting on the side of her foot for the first time. She almost never displayed any sort of vulnerability. She might do it more often if she ever realized he found it as irresistible as her cowl head. He watched her for a moment. The man who now thought of himself only as the Red Panda hadn't learned much from his father, beyond exactly what sort of man he didn't really want to be. But there was a single truism that he could remember being told when he was very young. It may not always be convenient, but the truth is easy to remember. He gave her a little chuck under the chin and was quietly impressed at how steady his hand was. Did it ever occur to you, he began, that if I taught you everything, you'd never give me that look like I just did something particularly clever? Her eyes sparked to life. You like that? she mumbled. It's entirely possible that I have invented any number of things expressly to get that look. He turned back to the microscope. Could you hedge your bets a little more? she smiled. If I have to, he said, stepping back from the microscope. Look at this. Honest, she said, unsure now if this was a worthy trade for the moment he'd just backed away from, but unwilling to give up the chance to learn. Go on, he waved her in. All right, she hovered over the microscope. Uh, what am I looking at? One of the specimens we got from Bert. This was one of our playmates from the Golden Goose, or rather a very small part of one of the very small parts of him that were left. Which one was it, she asked, for lack of a better question. Not sure. I was taking a little nap, as you'll recall. Ah, yes, she smirked. So what's so interesting about this? The rate of cellular decay, he said, or rather the lack of it in some ways. Bert's formaldehyde analogy isn't that far off. These cells weren't alive. They were preserved. But boss, she protested, that's crazy. We fought them. They broke two of your ribs. I have a vague recollection of that, yes, he grimaced. So what? Did somebody pull a fast one on us? He approached with a tray full of fresh slides. Look at these. He fixed a slide into the viewer. She lowered her head suspiciously. Okay, she said. What am I looking at now? An unrelated sample of healthy muscle tissue, he said. She peered at him from just above the eyepieces. Does it matter whose it is? Well, he began, I suppose it would have mattered to him quite a bit, but for our purposes, no. It's just for contrast. You see, it's quite a bit different. Where did you get this? she asked. 
What? I don't know. No well-stocked crime lab should be without one, really. This is what forensic analysis often consists of. You examine the norm, he gestured to the slide on the viewer, and then you examine the evidence. At this he changed the slides again and waved her back in. And you ask yourself, how is this different and what could have caused it? And then you say the answer out loud and your partner looks at you like you're particularly clever. Go on. He waved again, gesturing her back into the microscope. It's the first slide again, she said, confused. Is it? He smiled. Isn't it? Look again. She scowled at him a little. Flying and hitting were definitely more fun. She squinted again through the viewer. Okay, it's a different slide, but it's from the same body. No, he said, it isn't. Then it's from one of the other corpses from the Golden Goose. Good guess, he said, really enjoying himself. Wrong? But good guess. But Bert said there weren't any samples in that envelope from the St. Clair explosion. She was slightly irritated with him now, but he didn't play games very often, and she did find it fun to watch. That he did. That he did indeed. He looked at her over the non-existent rims of his non-existent glasses and waited. But, she said frustrated, since this slide is different from the normal tissue in... In exactly the same ways as the first one. Yes. Then whatever this slide is from, that must be the answer. Yes. He folded his arms as if they were done. But what is it? She said crossly. What is what? He seemed lost for a moment. Oh, the slide. Yes, the slide. She was exasperated. Oh, that's just a tissue sample from one of the many undead henchmen of our old friend. Professor Zombie, she finished. Yes, he said. Simple when you get right down to it, isn't it? It kind of is, she said. He looked mildly disappointed. But why would Professor Zombie be working with the mob, she asked. It's not her M.O. at all. No, it isn't. She works exclusively with her own zombie henchmen. She doesn't trust anyone else, and no one else trusts her. So why the change, Kit said, puzzled. The leopards don't change their spots around here all that often. No, they don't, he agreed. But the last gang in town, whoever they are, they might have thought they needed more muscle. They might have made a deal. Think she's double-crossed them yet? Kit said, tying her hair back in preparation for the cowl. Couldn't say, he mused, looking at the first slide again. But this tissue is definitely preserved with necronium. There's something else in here, an agent I don't recognize. It might be the cause of the zombie's enormous size. She's been fiddling with her formula? That doesn't sound like Professor Zombie either. No, it doesn't, he agreed, and I can't say for sure, but it might be some sort of growth agent applied while the cells were still living. Whatever it is, we've seen the effect. These zombies are faster and stronger than any we've ever dealt with. She snapped her fingers in revelation. And this is why they're wearing makeup, to hide that gray-green complexion her monsters get. Of course, he smiled. We'd have recognized them in an instant otherwise, and then this fiendish alliance would no longer have had the advantage of secrecy. So what should we do? Kit asked. Should we do some, uh, some test to see what the growth agent is? I think we've been cooped up in the lab long enough for the moment, he said. Now that we've got an idea of what we're dealing with, I think a little exercise is in order. After all, all work and no play makes Kit a dull squirrel. She gave him a look as if he were particularly clever. Ah, he said, there it is.
The following message is for podcasters only. If you are a listener and not a podcaster, you are permitted to cover your ears and say la 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 for the next 30 seconds or so. Okay. Podcasters, la, 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 if you create la, la, audio drama and or comedy, you are invited to join the brand new Mutual Audio Network. Not only will your productions be showcased in a brand new Netflix-ish type of distribution, but you'll also share in resources from music to sound effects to voices to people saying la 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 la. For details, visit MutualAudioNetwork.com or inquire at MutualAudio at gmail.com. You can stop la-laing now. I can't hear you. Got my ears covered. La-la!